With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. I'm the managing editor of Lookout Landing. I am joined today by my podcast co-host, Matthew Roberson. Matthew, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, playoff baseball is in the air. Uh, it's really sunny and like crisp out. This is kind of my favorite time of year anyway. Absolutely. It's like late September, early October. I think it's the best time to be in the Northwest. So I'm all smiles over here. There's nothing uh, really bringing me down besides, you know, everything else going on in the world. But sure, <laughs> on, sure, a, on sure. a micro level, I'm, I'm doing all right. Absolutely. And I will do even more all right if the Twins can pull out a win against the Astros, which I'm also sort of monitoring in the background and rooting hard for the, the boys in powder blue. Are they wearing powder blue? I have no idea. I'm no, not actually wearing, watching. They're anything. wearing white today, so that'll probably oh, see, cost them at least on, a run. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Well, it's hard to be anything other than joyous today because we have a guest on the podcast, which is my favorite thing, uh, and this is Mariners minor league pitcher Jack Anderson. You might know him as the creature. Jack, how are you? Hey, Kate. I'm good. Thanks for having me on today. Ah, oh, thanks, thanks for, for being, being with, with us. us. Where, Where are, are you right, right now, now Jack? Jack? I'm currently in Chicago. Chicago. Um, back home, yeah. 
And, and are, are you, you too enjoying this beautiful, crisp fall weather that we are enjoying here in the North? Oh, you bet. It just got a little nippy the past few days. You know, it's a, like he says, like Matthew said, it's the best time of the year. You know, that fall Christmas. I really love it. I mean, I would love it more if Mariners were in the postseason, but uh, that's what you're here to help do. So <laughs> let's learn a little bit about you. You mentioned you're in, you're in Chicago. You grew up in Evanston, Illinois. Is that correct? Yeah, I was born in Chicago, but did all my uh, all my growing in Evanston, which is just north of the city. All your growing, uh, and then you went to Penn State. Uh, so, what kind of stands out to me is these are like, and were drafted by the Mariners in 2016. Um, what stands out to me is like these are not exactly baseball hotbeds. Uh, I think MLB specifically is doing a lot of really cool outreach right now with the Urban Academies up in Chicago. I don't know if you know Ed Howard. He was drafted uh, in the first round by the Cubs this year. Pretty cool Chicago kid being drafted by the Chicago home team. Um, But yeah, maybe like not the biggest baseball place. How'd you get started and how'd you how'd you get to a Division one school? Yeah, I think, and speaking on that Howard story, that is super cool because he also played in like the Little League World Series team that went to the the championship from Chicago, which uh, the community really got uh, got behind. So that was really cool, and it was very cool for him to get drafted. Uh, For me personally, I mean, I think I got into it the same way a a lot of young boys get into baseball. Like one of my best friends was playing, and I wanted to be better than him at it. So (laughs) you know, we I got topped on the team the next year. Um, and it's just kind of something I fell in love with. I mean, I grew up playing all sorts of sports, but I think baseball was the one that had like the, uh, the deepest calling to me for sure. And it was, uh, something I pursued pretty heavily. And then throughout high school, um, kind of opportunities started to open the door or, you know, the, the door started to open for some cool opportunities in college. And, um, well, there were points where there were points where I was thinking smaller schools, there were points where I was thinking bigger schools. And then, um, there was points where I didn't know if it was going to happen at all. And, you know, Penn State kind of came in the fourth quarter. And, um, yeah, they I mean, I took my visit out there and fell completely in love with the campus and I, I never looked back. Yeah, a, a, north, north, a, northern, a northern boy, boy at heart. heart. <laughs> Definitely. And, this, and a city boy for sure, too. And a city a boy. City boy. <laughs> um, um, so you were a 23rd round pick when you came out of uh, Penn State. And that is a realm that probably isn't going to exist in the MLB draft going forward. Do you, to me, I find that a little sad. Like, what what do you think for all the people who might not have gotten, will not get drafted, will not get that, they might take a different path to MLB um, or to pro baseball, but that particular avenue seems to be shutting down. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a really scary thought. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to talk about the 23rd round and the Mariners specifically, like, Art Warren was a big leaguer, 23rd round the year before me. Sam Delaplane should be a big leaguer soon. He was the 23rd round behind me. And, I mean, that's a Jordan round, you know, a little special energy right there. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I mean, it, it, it does – it's tough. And Mike Piazza would never play baseball. Like, right. you miss out on um, a ton of incredible stories. And, I mean, but I think that um, baseball's made their decision where they want to put their resources and their funding. And I think we're going to just have to learn to go forward from there. It's really tough um, because one of the most exciting things about baseball, I think, is those stories about guys. I I mean, he wasn't drafted, but, you know, you have Altuve who got sent home from tryouts and he just stuck with it. There's a one of the things I really love about baseball is that it does feel like it's open to all kinds of different people and all kinds of different body types. And 
all kinds of different backgrounds. All you have to do is be able to play. And, you know, obviously we were talking about that kind of murderer's row of you are Delaplane all drafted outside of what would be the end of the MLB draft going forward. So uh, hopefully teams are pretty confident in their ability to recognize those skill sets now and uh, we won't lose people like that. Um, each of the guys that you named, Delaplane has kind of a unique style. We could throw jo Joey Gerber into this mix, even though he was a slightly higher draft pick, although also a good northern boy like yourself. Um, all of you have like kind of a unique approach to pitching. You have maybe the most unique ones, I think. I've definitely been in the stands at spring training with people who aren't Mariners fans. They're just over for the day. They're just taking in some baseball and uh, they see you get up and they're like, what is that? <laughs> Which <laughs> is maybe my favorite reaction. I'm, even if I have my back to the field, I'm like, oh, Anderson, Anderson must, must be, be pitching. pitching. <laughs> uh, they call you the creature. As Pete Woodworth, the current Mariners pitching coach, gave you that nickname. How did you develop the submarine style? Yeah, I think it's I think kind of what you described. The reaction is some of my favorite um, <laughs> parts to doing that entire thing like back in high school and college when they didn't really have full scouting reports and didn't know what was coming like the second pitch is usually when you get like the oohs and ahs because the first one not everyone notices but then by then everyone's nudging their buddies and telling them <laughs> hey you, you better check this out on the second one and then that's when you get some fun reactions but um for me it all started i was throwing at a lower arm slot kind of coming up all through little league and stuff like my dad will tell you like he thinks my arm slot was getting lower and lower each year and I had coaches try to correct it at times. But then after my freshman year, we were playing a summer ball game against like a rival high school. And a ri the rival coach, his name's Paul Kaczynski, who I owe a ton to, he um, came up to me after the game and basically was like, hey, I can make you into a Division One pitcher. And I said, all right, like I'll be there in the winter. And uh, the way I describe it to people is I'm still throwing from like a really low three-quarter arm slot, which I'll still warm up a little bit from. And then it's just bent over and it's like a complete bend at the waist. And we made that transition and it all kind of flowed from there. And I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. It just kind of worked out. What's the like funniest thing someone has ever said to you about it? Like either a teammate, coach, opposing player, maybe like an umpire. I'm sure someone along the way has like pulled you aside and been like, hey, kid, like what, what's, what's going, going on, on here? <laughs> like I'm sure there's just some, <laughs> some story of someone who was like completely in awe of it. And I would love to hear uh, your favorite memory. Well, I get a lot of softball heckles. Like those are probably the, like <laughs> the funniest single lines probably. But um, the coolest reaction I got was our senior year at Penn State. We had an incredible opportunity where during Thanksgiving break, our team went down to Cuba and we played against the professional teams down in Cuba. Oh, wow. And like, obviously I'd like, there's not, I don't know if you've ever seen a Cuban pitcher throw submarine cause I don't think it exists. And so these, like all of the fans in the stand and the stands were packed. Like these were big games for them down there. And uh, yeah, so the reaction to that was kind of like otherworldly. It was like, <laughs> like a full commotion erupted in the crowd. Like nobody knew. <laughs> how to react or what was going on. And that, that was really fun and a great memory. Oh my God. That's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let so alone then, the hitters. So that was great. <laughs> so then what was your, your year like this year? I mean, the COVID shutdown and the aftermath, like you're at spring training and then the next is just kind of over. Right. And you don't get invited to the alternate site, unfortunately, which, you know, if we Rude. had any decision making, yeah, if we had, if we had a say in that, you would have been there, but you've basically just kind of been, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but you, I assume you've been mostly 
on your own since the shutdown happened. So what have you been doing and like, how do you stay not only like busy, but also like stay sharp and make sure you're not like getting worse at baseball. And how do you get, yeah. What are you working on? How are you getting better without having coaches looking at you all the time? For sure. Uh, great question. I mean, so I'm sure you guys heard all the stories from spring train and everything about how it just moved so quickly and everything got shut down and, um, we're sent like we got shut down and two days later I was on a plane um, back home. So yeah, I moved back in with my parents and my brother um, got sent. He's in college. He got sent home from school as well. And he plays club baseball at Illinois. So I was incredibly fortunate to have him around every single day. And like, I got home and I didn't know how long it was like, I mean, obviously nobody knew anything. Like we didn't know how long anything was going to last. I assumed like I was going to be playing baseball at some point to stay ready type of thing. And so we were like on a spring training schedule for a while. Like I was, we were up cooking breakfast, like throwing. We set up a gym in the garage, bought a couple things. Yeah, um, tell us about, about the alley. alley. The, the back alley. Yeah, we had the alley athletic club rocking. <laughs> so we have, I mean, uh, my neighbor, he lives right down the alley. Um, he just started getting into weightlifting and like no one had anything to do. So we we're like, it was, it was, a, it was really important that we were like on a routine and like my brother and I will still talk about it like those times were almost like good like we were just like on a routine we were in shape like things were going they were flowing um like obviously we didn't we weren't like setting personal maxes in the in the in the garage or anything but I mean like in the like our our barbell is completely like almost at 90 degrees at this point like we 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 used it to the to the fullest for sure but um it was a good way to stay ready you know and everything and yeah i mean and that's what i told my brother's name is matthew and i told him um i was just like yo matt like we like like I, i'm gonna need you to like be able to i'm gonna need you to be on this on me to like stay on this and we're gonna have to do this together and he was completely down for it and uh so we were i mean that's what i was doing for the longest time was just staying ready um throwing and like you said getting better was definitely a task but like leaving spring training, there were things that I knew I wanted to work on, like specifically different. I wanted to do a couple different things with my slider um, to make it more, uh, more of a versatile weapon against lefties and righties. Um, so we were working on stuff and he was like, he, he learned a lot too. Like he was able to like start reading some spins and like understand what I was trying to do with the baseball and be able to give me feedback. Cause I mean, he's catching it constantly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a balance of like not overworking your arm, toning it down a bit and then toning it back up and like really just like find it, figuring out what you're going to do week to week and, and how we're going to get better. It must've worn on you though. It's just like these days are going by and you're sticking to this routine and, um, something I've gotten out of conversations with other guys, um, who were not selected to the alternate site and are trying to stay up is just, they just wanted a date, you know? They just wanted a date to look forward to so they could plan things as opposed to just showing up every day and being like, hope baseball comes back at some point. Hope this isn't all for nothing. Yeah. Which is really really hard hard to stay stay motivated motivated with, right? right? Yeah, you're you're definitely right. And I might have even, like, set dates for myself. Um, And then, but then, like, I mean, you set those, if you set a date mentally and then that date comes and goes and nothing happens, then it's just, like, the couple days after that really suck, you know, it's just like, all right, like now we reset, regroup, looking toward, looking forward at at the next date, you know? Um, So it really was just a matter of trying to do things day by day and not looking too far into the future, not like going crazy with everything going on in the news on the day-to-day basis of trying to pick up updates because like everything was changing so rapidly that there, you really, 
there was no point in trusting any reports because even the reports, the people reporting things didn't know. Right. Which feels very much like a struggle even us non-athletes had was just trying to manage that flow of information and not being like, oh, my God, Halloween's going to be canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, I might have been guilty of thinking going down those paths once or twice. It's tough. I mean, do you feel like the work that the Mariners have done with investing in the mental skills side of things helped you at all through that? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, too. That's a good point. Um, And I yeah, I would say yes. And one thing that was really cool is what we were doing was like myself and maybe like seven or eight relievers. Um, we were doing a Zoom call every week with Adam Bernero, who's our who's one of the mm-hmm. mental skills trainers, whatever the, title, the exact title is. Um, and those are really helpful calls for sure. Just like see a group of guys that I'm really comfortable with. Just even like the first half of it, we're just messing around, catching up. And then it was something to dive into every week. You know, we were doing a lot of breathing talk. It's breathing talks and things like that, et cetera, about the mental skills. And you're right. It, I think it definitely um, being prepared for a day-to-day like and like even I think even just being a baseball player prepared you more for like living on a day-to-day because that's like that that's what the season is it's like all right we're gonna like how am I gonna get through this next day like what how does my body feel like what are we gonna do how am I gonna go about it and like that's really what it was like when you don't know what the future holds like you can really only be present you can really be only in that day and uh, I think so I think that that did help and I think that's a good point you made you also gave yourself, I think, sort of a gift that maybe you wouldn't have had. I mean, you've been playing baseball every summer since you were 12, 10? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like 10 for sure. You know, you spent the last decade plus spent giving your whole summer away to baseball. And now all of a sudden you have a summer off and you kind of took advantage of that. What'd you do? I had to, um, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, I, and I recognize that. I was like, all right, I'm, mm-hmm. who knows when I'll get this opportunity again? And I've never had it before. So for sure. I uh, So the second that I found that I wasn't going to be having a season this year, I picked up my stuff and I moved into the city of Chicago, got a place with a couple of friends. Um, but then right before my brother, yeah, so I was living in the city. I've been living in the city. Um, and then right, right before my brother went back to school, we were like, we got to do something we got to go do a trip and he's uh he's an environmental science major so he's at one with nature in my eyes <laughs> and uh so we just we took we shipped out west and we uh got in my car we went to three different national parks on a really fun um road trip just did a ton of hiking um saw some incredible things like it was it was almost like a trip like it was almost like the worst best thing I've ever done because it was such <laughs> a great experience that like returning back just like everything has not been the same. <laughs> I was like just want to be out back out there again man it was really that special like Glacier National Park and Yellowstone are just like two of the most incredible places in the world and we took full advantage of it for sure. Uh, the pictures were spectacular. Yeah, I mean it was it was a little better in person too. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> Um, Jack, we know you don't have much time, but we can't let you go unless we ask about Swings for Stories and this uh, organization that you've been working with recently. Uh, can you explain sort of what that is and then how you got involved and in what sort of the goal of the whole thing is? Yeah, so like I mentioned, um, when I kind of like, when I realized I wasn't going to be having a season this year, um, we, I kind of took that energy of all that preparation that my brother and I have been doing and everything and um, 
we wanted to turn it into something super positive with uh i've described it as kind of like a perfect storm of everything going on if you want to call that perfect but mm. um with just like the, the black lives matter movement becoming so powerful and having such a strong voice and the the shutdown of everything going on with baseball season and me being back home we put together um and then me having such a strong team behind me um at the beverly hill sports council who i just recently partnered up with they and i mean we so we put together a series of events where i was selling at bats at fifty dollars fifty dollars in at bat to really just the general public the first couple were my close friends and then we had like uh like uh, baseball alumni from my high school and then baseball alumni from around the area. So like it was a good wide variety of people who came out and took some at bats and we recorded the whole thing on Instagram. I had one of my uh, one of my really good friends MC the events where he was just uh, just talking smack the whole time, you know, keeping the people engaged. Um, so we had a ton of fun with that and all the money was going is going is going directly to a nonprofit organization called Young Black and Lit, and they're Evanston-based. Um, one of the founders is an Evanston grad, and what they do is they're putting for free. They're giving um, books to elementary school students with black protagonists. So it, the idea is they want um, the black kids in the black community, or in really just any community, to have a bookshelf that's more representative of the world they live in. And I think that that's uh, I think it's a really important um factor in in what in the movement going on today because i think you, you i mean you gain so much knowledge you do so much learning at such a young age it's such a pivotal time period of development that if you're not looking at a at a, at a bookshelf and you're not gaining knowledge from something that's representative of what the world actually looks like then you're really missing out on opportunity and you could be shaping dangerous um ways of thinking and so, yeah, we we had a ton of fun with the events. We just did our last one last week. And uh, yeah, it was an absolute riot. And, and uh, we, we, we hope to uh, raise a little more money and then we're going to close it out. And but we're very happy with what we did with it so far. So tell us how we can because this is something I believe in passionately. I taught in the Philadelphia school system for a while and kind of saw firsthand um, textbooks do not always accurately represent the um, communities in which they're used. Uh, I mean, I remember administering a test to a bunch of Philly kids once that was about a little girl who had a horse. And they were like, yeah. what, what is this? Like, what, what are these things? They really just imagine you live in inner city Philadelphia and you're forced to read a, a bunch of stories about a little white girl with a horse. Like, it was not, uh, not something that I like to say that the uh, young black and lit says it's affirming of black lives. And I think that that's something that is really important. They do great work. Uh, tell us how our listeners can support your work with this great, great, great organization. organization. Yeah, absolutely. So we, our pledge page is going to be open probably to the end of the week, maybe into next week. Um, Cause the events are over. Um, um, it, but the pledge page is called it's, pledge it so p-l-e-d-g-e-i-t dot org slash jack anderson which is my name j-a-c-k-a-n-d-e-r-s-o-n and so the way we were doing it before is there was uh, opportunities to like donate per strikeout throughout the entirety of the events you can just donate any flat fee you want uh, that goes straight to young black and lit and 100 percent of everything's going to be going to them so if yeah if anyone out there is uh 
listening to this and they, they want to support a great cause with a, uh, with a powerful movement behind it, then um, please feel free to donate, go to the pledge page, get your, get, get something in there and uh, any amount helps. And it really is just putting books in kids' hands and doing some good in the world. They can, they can also, also uh, go, go off, off of your, your Instagram, Instagram page, page, right? You yeah, for there. sure. That's an easy your, way to what's find your, it. What's your, what's your Instagram, Instagram handle again? So my, yeah, my Instagram is going to be the underscore Jandyman. It's like Candyman, but with a J. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I got to gotta say, I like, the cre- I like the creature a little bit better. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at that either. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not, I, you're not, your season is not done necessarily because you're headed down to Arizona here pretty soon, right? You're headed to the... I'm calling it the fake fall league. It's instructs, but uh, technically, but it's sort, sort of, of the, the top prospects from the organization, including people who are not invited to the alternate training site. Um, you're going to be playing alongside kids from the DSL who've never played stateside. You're going to be playing uh, with guys who have just a few innings in the AZL who got drafted pretty recently, like uh, Jared Bayless, someone we've had on the pod, really interesting guy. Uh, you're going to be playing with guys who've never thrown a professional pitch because they were injured, like Michael Limoncello and uh, Levi Stout. So how do you envision your role as one of the more experienced players there? Are you going to be kind of like a camp counselor to these players who've <laughs> never, who don't have as much experience as you do? Um, I, it, it, you kind of gave me a lot more information than I had previously. <laughs> So this is a little bit of news to me. But yeah, I am taking off tomorrow to get out there. Oh, I'm wow. personally I'm super excited to get to pitch some competitive at bats and not just strike out my friends for the past <laughs> few weeks, you know? Um so I'm excited, like no matter if they're uh DSL or AZL guys, um I'm sure they're gonna be better competition than those guys were. Um so I'm excited I'm I mean I'm ecstatic to go out there and play some baseball and have the cameras on you and or the computers and stuff and like just continue to get better and prepare um for next year and hope I mean if it's a younger crew out there um I'm excited to meet a ton of new guys which is always one of my favorite aspects of doing these type of Mariner camps uh you get to you get introduced to a ton of really cool kids and um so I'm excited to meet them I'm excited and then uh you know, I'm gonna go about my business, and we're gonna we're gonna work hard, and I hope that um, there's gonna be a lot of other people out there who are gonna share the same passion as myself, and I think that we're gonna all be able to get after it together. It's gonna be a ton of fun. Yeah, so yeah, you finally time, have a date. At the time we're recording this too, we should mention the roster was released two hours ago, so it's totally understandable that Jack maybe hadn't right. seen it, <laughs> and we we broke the news to him. But yeah, Julio <laughs> Rodriguez will be there. Uh, Taylor Trammell, some 2020 draftees too, like. Emerson Hancock, Caden Polkovich. So it should be a fun group, and I'm excited that uh, you'll be a part of it as well, Jack. I hope that we're able to watch it here in Seattle. There's hopefully some sort of live stream element. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely excited about it, for sure. Great. Well, it's not, it's really exciting to have some form of baseball coming back, and then, you know, it'll just be a short layoff, and then it'll be time for spring training again, and time for you to come out and do your thing. But I think you've done really an inspiring job of making your off time count, not just for you personally, but also using it to do some good in the world. And I just really appreciate that. Really proud to call you part of the organization, Jack. Thank you very much. That means a ton. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to amplify what we're doing because I really do think it means a lot. And I agree with everything you're standing for. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to this. Thank you, Jack Anderson, for making the time. For Matthew Robertson, I'm Kate Prusser. This was the Lookout Landing Podcast. 
We will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you so much to Jack Anderson for joining the show. Uh, that was a great conversation. And please, if you have the ability and the means to consider donating to what uh, Swings for Stories and Young, Black, and Lit, the things that he mentioned, uh, supports a really good cause. But Jack is gone. He has a life to live. He has to apparently get on a plane to go to Arizona. So we brought in our uh, our state, our local correspondent, John Troopin, to handle the rest of this. Uh, John, how's it going, man? We're doing, we're doing okay. Uh, yeah, less exciting than going to fall instructional development league, but uh, watching watching baseball for like fourteen hours straight the next couple of days. So yeah, we got the bad. March Madness schedule. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John um, was. Uh, we would like to solicit pity for John, who was in a car accident, uh, but is fine. Yes, you're it's fine. True. Yes, it's true. And as Mr. Foss, my uh, driver's ed teacher, once told me, there's no such thing as an accident, uh, only yeah. collisions. Yep. Um, yeah, and an accident implies it was unavoidable by decision making, and uh, that that's not the case. Someone could have made a better decision. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, all, all good. Just shoulders does not feel particularly solid, but uh, you know, all parties involved are overall okay. Is fine, is this so. your pitch? This isn't your pitching shoulder. Is sure it? is. I oh wish it no! Wasn't. I wish it was not for multiple reasons. I wish I was left-handed because then me throwing like seventy-three uh, most of my career would have been viewed much more favorably by uh, <laughs> really everyone. Um, but uh, no, it 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 is not feeling great in the old pitching zone, but. Um, thankfully got a little off season to rehab, uh, you know, timed it out nicely. So should be ready for spring training. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could learn something too, from watching this fake fall league. Cause there are some, there are some names on this list, guys that I think are very, uh, aspirational for a young developing pitcher. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a, a favorite or when you saw this list that was released this morning, if you kind of perked up when you saw a name or two, but uh, Sam Carlson is is going to be pitching. That is yeah. truly unbelievable. It's I think for the casual fan, very easy to straight up forget about him because we have not seen him do much of anything. Uh, so he's the one where when I saw him, I was like, okay, like we got we got a little bit for everyone here. There's also like the 2020 draft class, like Emerson Hancock will be there and Polkovich and uh, someone else who I'm forgetting right now, uh, Keenan Tyler mm-hmm. Keenan, but. I like this team. I think it'll be fun to watch. I pray to my preferred deity that they'll actually stream it in some way because I also want to see uh, Jonathan Classe, who I know Kate has been uh, really, really, really excited about for some time now. And then also Taylor Trammell will be there. So it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm curious what you guys uh, th- thought when you first saw the list and if you have some sleepers that you know more about than I do. Uh, I'm really excited to see all of these guys because a lot of them are not guys who were at the alternate training site. Um, so, and a lot of them are guys who have not thrown 
or played stateside, like Nathaniel mm. Garavitos from the DSL. Um, obviously, Class A was I, I was excited about Noel V. Marte, who was at the alternate training site, but hasn't played in any stateside ball. So uh, some exciting, exciting things from the very lowest levels. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to work with guys like Wyatt Mills and Jack Anderson, who've been in double A and are, I thought were kind of going to get looks for the actual big league club this year. It's mm-hmm. very weird to me. Uh, hopefully those guys can kind of be like camp counselors to a lot of these guys who mm-hmm. haven't played at all. I'm really excited to see Alberto Rodriguez, who was acquired from the Blue Jays in the Taiwan Walker trade. He is a very solidly built little-ish guy who can play center field, and he's best, best friends with Noel V. Marte. He was thrilled to be traded to the Mariners. Um, they grew up together. They consider themselves like brothers. So uh, I'm excited to see what kind of that that duo can do. Yeah, I, I think those are a, a great group there. Uh, I'll, I'll add um, particularly from the especially young guys, because, yeah, as you said, Kate, like, I'm really curious. They're, you know, they're, this group, it's going to be them, the Padres, and then the surprise Arizona um, teams. in the Which Rangers is the, the Royals. Royals and the Rangers. Yeah. Um, so, so that group is just going to play for six weeks, basically, against one another. Um, and, you know, you've got guys like Christian Cardozo and Jose Corniel, who have not pitched i don't believe did cardozo pitch last year in in the dsl i can't cardozo remember. did not pitch yeah no, i don't so, think so 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 neither um you know it's it's some of the most potentially uh high, high ceiling guys in in the system but like literally 17 and 18 years years old same thing with george feliz who turned 18 six days ago i think um Something, something like that. When I was writing up the blurb, um, and like has not Milcar played. Perez. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's a, it is several players who, not only is it they're not just like oh you were just drafted and haven't played like Emerson Hancock or you know or Michael Limoncelli and um, you know Levi Stout who are like oh well you were drafted but then you had an injury and you're now getting back. It's like you would maybe not even have played this year. Like, George Phillies, I think, would have had his first DSL summer this year. And, like, Jonathan Class A is super young, and this still he's still, like, over a year ahead of where Phillies would be. So it, it is a really, like, wide range of guys. Like, Taylor Trammell has had two years in AA. Like, uh, or parts of, parts of two years in AA. Like... This would have been probably his third year in Double A. George Feliz has never played a professional baseball game. Like that is the same outfield. Like that's uh, wild, you know. Um, so I, I'm really curious, and and I don't know if we'll get media coverage, but it, it should be pretty neat. Oh, and similar to Alberto Rodriguez, we also get um, Matt Brash, who was acquired mm-hmm. in the in the Taylor Williams trade from mm-hmm. the Padres who we've seen none of, Um, like Zero was not at the alternate training site, or at least was not reported on. So again, like you, really hoping that there are some glimpses here and there, 
Apparently there will be no media allowed. Um, so anything Ooh. we get will be from the team, which yeah. is kind of a bummer. There Let me a- in. Yeah. <laughs> Let me in. I'm, I'm curious how that's going to work because I know scouts are allowed, but it's got to be pro scouts. So I don't know how exactly that, like whether it's specifically employees um, or what. But uh, yeah, it's probably going to be tough to get any uh, non-slanted <laughs> info, unfortunately. But we'll see. I'm kind of imagining like a masked singer vibe. <laughs> like no one really knows who any of the people are and they have to like reveal themselves as the fall unfolds. I've also never seen that show, so I'm not really sure how it works. But the general gist, I feel like, is who is this person? Oh, this person's great. Hooray. So that's kind of what I'm envisioning with this uh, fake fall league, as we've decided to call it. I was kind uh, of at the point with these guys where I could recognize guys from like, like just pick them out. Like, oh, that's Wyatt Mills. Oh, that's uh, Dyson Arias. Like, that's Jack Anderson, who's the easiest one to pick out, right? Because of the wild angle he p- pitches at. But I'm looking at this list and like, I don't know that I could recognize more than a third of these guys in the field. Yeah, I no, I mean, legit, that is, I fully agree. Like, looking at it, it's like, yeah, I know, like, most of those outfielders, and just if, like, they were all doing outfield drills by, like, process of elimination, I could figure out everyone. But, like, that yeah, pitching put, staff. Find the biggest one, that's Julio. <laughs> yeah. Find the smallest one, that's Classe. Right. And then just arrange everyone else in between. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean that that pitching staff is going to be very interesting. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting, but it, it's hard. It's frustrating because it is very tantalizing, and yet I just don't. I fear we're not going to get a ton of real info. I agree. Also, though, we have to remember like it is three other organizations they're playing with. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking at mm-hmm. Rangers. At Rangers, I'm going to be looking at the Royals feeds. I'm going to be looking at uh, the Padres and see if any of them, and if maybe we can, like, pick out something in the background. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the other big news uh, of the week, I guess, is Jerry DePoto got in front of a microphone and basically said, we expect this team to contend in 2021, and we're going to try – to do that basically with this roster we saw this year plus bullpen guys and uh jerry depoto with seattle at least does not have a great track record of signing free agent relievers uh we all remember mark zepchinski uh perhaps a juan nicasio uh who else in there colome was good that was a trade i guess how do we get Steve nick vincent with you? oh yeah c-shek was uh vincent a free agent or was that a trade trade uh, but i mean C-Shack? it was like a dollar N- vincent for, for nikki yeah. v yeah yeah nikki v uh, was like a waiver i don't count anything that was like a waiver wire pickup i count what they paid cash money for and what they've paid cash money for uh in the name of bolstering the bullpen when they were in their contention window has been notably mark zipchinski hunter strickland Oh, and, God. Juan yeah. Nicasio. Juan Nicasio. And I would say 0 for 3 on those. C- C-Shack is really the only, like, net positive they've they've gotten. 
um, in in free agency in that way. Yeah, it's it's been pretty grim, especially since um, what was it? It came out that like Brian Shaw was like someone they were heavily targeting mm. and Mm-mm. because the Rockies outbid them they Mm-mm. ended up going for Nicasio. So it's so like, bad. Oof. oof. Yeah, uh, they could have looked even worse. Yeah. So So uh, this is not I don't want um I don't want Jerry in charge of this. I don't think that these are this is a yeah. a track record that I do not unless we're working with a very lots, lots better set of stats right now. And I mean, with the with the waiver wire pickups, they've had a lot of success, I think, in pulling guys off the scrap heap from organizations that don't develop super well. But also, those are so low cost that they always are going to look good if the if they turn into even halfway decent players. You know, yeah, of course, Taylor Williams looks like a success story. Like he was on the scrap heap. Like Austin Adams, same thing. So. I would almost rather see them continue to churn the waiver wire than go out and spend actual capital on someone who, mm, track record is not great. Yeah. yeah. And when you look at the free agents that are relievers coming up, there's really not a whole lot of sexy options. Most of them are old. Like, Joaquin Soria is 37. Like, the best one, just talent-wise, is probably Liam Hendricks. He's 32. And I think he would be a nice addition, but also, like, you just never know. Like, anything could happen with relievers of this age, especially. Like, I'm just so nervous about him trying to do any of this that I would almost rather him just go all in on the people we have in-house. Like, Joey Gerber, Wyatt Mills, Jack Anderson, you're the bullpen. Delaplane, get up here. Like, that to me at least is, like, showing faith in your own decision-making rather than, like, trying to double down and being like, Yes, Shane Green will fix everything. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. A sentence said by no one ever. <laughs> yeah. You I, just I, want I, Liam yeah. Hendricks so you can keep doing your Australian accent. That is a huge part of it, I will admit. I will admit. Kirby Yates is also going to be available. He's pretty good. But it's just, I don't know. I feel like anyone who comes to the Mariners, and this is also like a very tired thing, but it's kind of the truth. At least it's how I feel. Like When people come to the Mariners as free agents in advanced age, not a lot of great success. I mean, Cruz and Cano are the only ones, and they're cyborgs. So I just don't know. I don't feel great about Jerry like coming out and saying this, too. Like He clearly wanted people to know this was happening. He like went on the record as saying, uh, we're going to have a pretty good team, and we're going to try to just add to it with relievers. He also said, for what it's worth, that Mitch Hanniger will be the opening day right fielder, and he yeah. believes... He believes Kelnick, Gilbert, and Cal Raleigh will be up at some point. Uh, among other things, he said, six-man rotation is probably here to stay. And that's really it of, in terms of, like, clickbait kind of stuff. I guess the real the pull quote here is, our goal will be to go out there and contend for a playoff spot, and I don't think that's an unrealistic goal. Uh, I don't think he's wrong, especially if they keep the expanded playoffs. But I don't know. It just feels like he is maybe doing the classic like PR spin doctor thing where he's like, this roster we got here is, is perfect. Like I would much rather if he was like acknowledge the fact that there's going to be some more work to be done rather than just saying, Oh yeah, the work is like 90% complete. I think that the challenge they're running into, right. Is, and and I'm, I'm working on an article on this and, and, but, but they're basically in a situation where most of their position player spots 
are either filled by veterans who you're pretty sure are good. Like that's Kyle Seeger, that's Mitch Haniger, that's Tom Murphy maybe, I guess. Um, and then young guys or full prospects uh, who you need to see like still play every day to figure out if they're somebody or not. You know, Kyle Lewis, Crop, J.P. Crawford, whoever's going to play second base um and evan white so like the spots where they could most strongly upgrade and that's that's the same in the rotation right marco you say kikuchi justice sheffield and then like are you keep do you keep going to justin dunn do you keep going to nick margavichis like what are you doing there but like you could make a huge upgrade there but then you are not gonna get to see whether what you have internally could perform reasonably well there. So, the, like, the bullpen was horrific this year. That is the place they could most certainly upgrade, but it's also not a great place to put a bunch of money. Yeah, and I don't appreciate, like, the distraction element. Like, please don't ask me about signing JT Real Muto. Like, please don't ask me about signing DJ LeMahieu. Like, look at this bullpen instead. Here's where it almost feels like an attempt to manage fans' expectations so people don't get pissed that they're not spending money. I would have way more appreciated an honest, like, look, we're still probably a year out of really legitimately contending. We did a lot better this year than we expected or we were projected to, and I hope that that funnels into next year. But you cannot ignore the fact, like, you didn't call up Logan Gilbert. You didn't call up Jared Kelnick. Like, those guys are still going to have an adjustment period whenever they do get called up. Mm. Evan White was... There were moments of grace and beauty, and there were moments that were completely a disaster for him. Like, mm. he's not going to figure this all out in one off season. He's still developing, and he's had to do it at the major league level. And that's, you know, no, I wasn't expecting that much more from him, but... Just be honest about where we are. Like, the yeah. team we had this year, you know, there were a few games that were won by Jose Marmalejos, who is probably not going to be part of your next great team. There were people in Tacoma who will be part of your next great team who weren't there. Be honest with the fans. I We've come this far. Like, I don't mind hearing this next year is going to be another building year for us, and then we plan to contend after that. Don't lie to me. Right. That's what I was trying to say. You put it in a much better <laughs> package. But yeah, like he's he has to know that like they're still not there yet. And he's trying to sell us on this dream that like 2021. Remember when I said 2021, two years ago, we're still sticking to that. And it's like we can wait another year. We've been waiting our whole fucking life, Jerry. Like it's not, one more year is not going to change anything for me. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I will say, I, I actually appreciated it a bit. Because I think it's, I think that the degree of couching is uh is pretty heavy even even in the even in this sort of optimistic statement like we expect to be able to compete for a playoff spot in a season where we've heard Rob Manfred say it's either going to be 12 or 14 playoff spots next year it's not going to be 16 so like it it's not going to be quite as anyone anything goes as this year but like instead of needing like on average like 88 to 90 wins it's going to be somewhere between like 84 to 87 wins is what you what you're I think on an average year what you would need to be the sixth or seventh best team in in a league and you know that doesn't mean the Mariners are going to build a team that on day one looks like it's a 87 win team but it does mean like I think you can, you know, our last time that we saw the Mariners contending, they were a team that had to put it, they had to be starting from a higher bar because the more likely thing was that they were going to lose quality over a year because so much of where they were getting their production from was older players, right? This year and going forward, like they have so many young guys that if you start with a lower baseline, I think there's more reasonable optimism that you will overachieve because you have guys improving and getting more comfortable so you know if they come out next year and they've got a club that looks like it's like a 75 to 80 win team or maybe a little bit better you know maybe like 77 to 81 win team I feel like that's you know it's not like oh yeah we're going for it big but it is like okay this is a team that you know if you do see Evan White step forward if you do see you know another pitcher step forward if you do see you know Kelnick come up in May and just start tearing the cover off the ball hey whoops we're we're right there in it like that and and that I that would feel good enough for me as like you're still giving your young guys opportunities but you're also like putting some more proof out there of like this is working we're making steps in the right direction uh like that i'll also say like looking around at the al west i think the rangers have to have admitted by now that their skinny rebuild is a fail they are not yeah they blew this year so i think that you're gonna see them go into hardcore reset mode I'm betting a lot of them, a lot of, they trade what they can over the offseason and start rebuilding. Um, you have the Astros, definitely, I think. And you could say, like, oh, they had injuries. But they're going to be Verlanderless. Uh, they're going to have a very old Zach Greinke, uh, a very consistently hurt, it seems, Lance McCullers. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a rotation across the board, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Uh, and they've got a pretty emptied out farm system. I think you're definitely seeing the beginning of the Astros being on that slide down. Um, and then uh, the Angels, who knows? Like, can I'm assuming they're going to hire Dave Dombrowski, who will come in, bomb out the farm system, sign a bunch of expensive guys. I mean, that's a realistic threat. They're also the Angels, and I feel like every year I say <laughs> they're a realistic threat, and every year they fuck it up in some way. Mm-hmm. So who knows? And then you have Oakland, which 
I never know what exactly to make of Oakland. Like, they have a lot of young, fun guys, and they have a lot of guys who are going to be coming due to get paid pretty soon. So yeah, yeah, that's losing, exactly it. They're losing Marcus Simeon, most likely. Hard to see them, you know, signing him for what he'll he's worth. Like, their young pitching is, I think, the most threatening part of their sort of rebuild. And, like, A.J. Puck does not seem like he's able to stay healthy. No. So, you know, Sean Murphy looks very solid, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, Franklin Barreto, no. Like, they already. I'm not a big believer in Mateo. Um, yeah, they, I mean, is... they, they ditched Mateo, right? They, they traded Did they? him to, yeah, they traded him to the Padres. Oh. Um, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, they are, they are, you know, they absolutely, I mean, Matt Chapman will be back. Who's going to play shortstop for them then? Yep. Great question. <laughs> uh, Chad Pinder, maybe. No, I don't know. You know, I mean, no. like, they're, they're still going to be good, but, like, they are I, I absolutely, like, not a bulletproof. You know, they're not, I think, the 97-win team that they have been the past few years. Um, and, and I think that their wow. vulnerabilities are going to continue to crop up. So I, I think you may see a more, like, 2015-2016 kind of AL, where it's a lot more of an actual, like, middle class uh, as opposed to the last few years where it was like, mm, the fifth best team won 97 games, and then the sixth best team was the Mariners, and then the next, like, everyone else was under 500. Like, I think we'll have a little bit more, like, interesting in the middle uh, kind of stuff. Because you got Cleveland coming down, you got Toronto coming up, you got Detroit a little bit coming up. Like, it, it's going to be neat. And I think the Mariners can can be right in the thick of that, and I would be happy with that. I just got really distracted. I thought that Chad Pinder was Australian. He's he's from Virginia. This is on me. I really uh, I yeah. really thought that he was an Australian man. He seems uh, very Australian to me. Maybe it's just because his name is like Chad Pinder. Chad like you Binder. can say it. Binder. It's really easy to say in that accent. Plays for Oakland, but yeah, yeah wow. O- okay, Oakland, so. Auckland. You know, they, my whole yeah, my whole worldview has been shaken by this. But his name is Chadwick, which makes a lot of sense. Just he looks like a Chadwick. But. Oof. Not from Australia, from Richmond, Virginia. That means there anyway. are two Chadwicks, yeah, because two. there's also Chadwick Trump with the Giants, oh, yeah, right? Chadwick, yeah. Trump. Chadwick Trump. Chadwick Trump, yes, yeah. I know. The fun thing about following the minor leagues is you get to know all the fun names before they come up, and then everyone's freaking out about them, and you're like, ugh, that's so two years ago, buddy. Yeah, get ready for Jazz Chisholm in the playoffs. Yeah, baby. Um, let's go to some listener questions. They're all pretty uh, in line with what we've been talking about, but I want to give these people a shout out, uh, especially Declan Andrews. We'll go with him first. What's up, Declan? He said, we already have a stock of young pitching. What are the odds of someone like Dunn being moved to the bullpen and letting a more notable starter to fill his rotation spot rather than leaving him in the rotation and picking up relievers? So essentially, do you see the Mariners taking a swing on adding a free agent or a trade piece to the rotation and moving Dunn to the bullpen or letting him go in the rotation, figuring out what he needs to do to stick. Uh, I have said on previous ones that I think that while it's kind of like admitting failure to some degree, I think Dunn to the bullpen makes a lot of sense. Uh, He's done it before, which we've talked about as well, both in college and in the minors. Uh, Obviously if he has his druthers and if I could, you know, pick my ideal situation for Justin Dunn, it's like a three or four starter, but Uh, I don't know. This year made me question that. So I will say that I would be totally okay with him being moved to the bullpen and them trying to get a little more of an established dude to take his spot. But if, I mean, it's kind of a, I'm 
not upset either way because if they don't do that and leave him in the rotation, then it's like, okay, we have faith in this guy. We think he can be something. And as much as people might want to poo-poo this, I think the Mariners' pitching development is the one thing they can hang their hat on. So, like, if they need to be patient and wait another year for him to fully develop into a starter, at least I can say I have a little bit of trust in them to do that. What do y'all think? I agree wholeheartedly. I I would rather see them go try and sign a decent to very solid starting pitcher uh, as opposed to trying to pepper throughout the bullpen with free agent signings. Um, It's not like there's an incredible starting pitcher group out there, but there are enough guys who are interesting. Um, You know, there's Taiwan Walker, James Paxton, um, you know, Alex Wood, even Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I mean, there's Trevor Bauer, but well, but Trevor Bauer, I like Trevor Bauer's not going to sign a multi year deal, so I don't think that's oh, that's right. Useful. It's one of his rules. He yeah. made that rule yeah. for himself, yeah, which is like I think people keep forgetting that, and it's like there's not really much point in trying signing Trevor Bauer, uh, if he is insisted he will be able to be i believe hit in the nuts kicked in the nuts as hard as possible or hit with a or no it's it's go into a batting cage and like take a fastball in the nuts like um uh happy gilmore style i think so um you know which frankly could set him back in his pitching quality so uh not a great not a great investment in my in my estimation there but uh yeah there's enough guys out there who are interesting even kevin gossman or you know Robbie Ray. So I, I would rather see that. And then you, not only that, you're building depth like you have uh, done if someone gets hurt. Oh, great. Justin Dunn, get right back in there and keep, you know, give yourself a chance to prove yourself. So, yeah, Kate? the Erasmo Ramirez role. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to put some blind faith into the organization, which I'm not always willing to do, but I assume that they have metrics and stuff that says that Justin Dunn has the possibility still to be a starting pitcher. Uh, Otherwise, I think they would have started that move on him. Uh, He's had one very abbreviated season at the major league level. I don't think hardly anyone looks great in their first year. Like, you just have to learn how to pitch to that league. Uh, A lot of the struggles that I saw him having at AA kind of persisted. He still needs a reliable out pitch he needs to work on the command i'm not willing to give up on that yet uh but i do think like i like the idea of signing taiwan walker specifically uh who i think wants to come back and they could get pretty cheaply on maybe a two-year deal um i would like that and then you give dunn some space to work on whatever when he's got some time when there's a real minor league season. Um, I definitely like that plan more than signing a bunch of relievers who I'll probably hate. Um, (laughs) But first and foremost, like, I think you gotta, you've invested this time in this player. Like you gotta stick with them and see them through. And so I, I I am the Justin Dunn apologist on the staff and I uh, wear that mantle proudly. I will prove all of you wrong someday. Okay, let's do these next ones kind of quickly because we got some good questions and I want to get to as many as possible. Okay. Uh, one from Brian at a player to be named later. There's such a glut of starting pitching in the minors for the M's. Is there any chance one of them is converted to a reliever? Who is the likeliest candidate? This one is right up y'all's alley. 
Uh, mm. Ten is the first one that jumps to mind, um, which is admittedly sort of a sizest of me, but he is a smaller, smaller guy who really has rocketed his velocity up in shorter outings. Um, so he, he's one. Uh, I don't know that he's at the top of you know that pitching list, but he's absolutely someone who I could see that for. Uh, Sam Carlson's another one, just because there's so much less time for him to get his full play, you know, development in. I could see them trying to sort of work him in as a reliever uh, to try and accelerate his his development. Yeah, none of the other big ones jump out at me. I mean, I think Isaiah Campbell, George Kirby. Brendan Williamson might be an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. I just think he's got a lot of potential, but in short stints, again, he's mm-hmm. another one who's whose fastball is playing up. He's got that deadly, deadly curveball. Yeah. I see a, a potential high leverage reliever in there. Mm-hmm. If he, but I, I mean, his his upside is so big as a starter. Yeah. I don't and see the, and there's no reason to rush that. him until he no. doesn't. Yeah. No, and again, I would like to remind as we're we're talking about this, looking to the outside to sign bullpen help, they have Johan Ramirez, uh, Andres Munoz, and Harrison Batista, all of whom are flamethrowers, all of whom who have their own issues. But any of those guys, you, if one of those guys hits, there's your closer. So, I, one in three, I think those are pretty good odds. And my boy Kendall Graveman. Let's not forget he's a, and he's Kendall a Graveman. Piece. That's right. Yeah. Who I'd like? Who will come back? Right? We we're pretty sure so. he'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think so. Um, ben J Brown on Twitter wants to know if Delaplane and Warren will be up. Uh, he well, I guess hold on. Let me read his whole question. Assuming they sign relievers, what does the pen look like in twenty twenty one? Are Delaplane and Warren coming up? Uh, I feel like if they sign big league ready relievers one of those guys is getting the short end of the stick and history tells us it'll probably be art warren they have not really given him a lot of chances to spread his wings i think delaplane they want they like i could see them doing the like see what you got kind of thing where he's up for like five games and if it's bad they'll send him back down if it's good he sticks around but i see them from what they've done in the past being more willing to do that than giving art warren another shot which is a bummer but i think it might be the truth here uh, I've heard that Delaplane's velocity was um, not where it had been. It was more in the high 80s than in the low 90s. Which, okay. uh, So I think that that might have had something to do with him not coming up this year because they definitely were giving him looks in spring training. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't going great. He didn't ha- seem to have hit his stride or maybe there's some kind of nagging injury. I think he did have like a triceps issue at some point in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that could be that. Art Warren, I think they're just trying to conserve the bullets in his shoulder. Honestly, they're only, they think, so many of them. Um, he's had a lot of shoulder problems throughout his career. Why waste him in a season where, like, you know, they're not going anywhere? So I expect, I, I do expect we see Warren next year at some point just for, like, a see what he's got kind of thing. Fair enough. All right, let's talk playoffs. The playoffs have begun. We are recording this on the first day of the 2020 postseason. And like John said, there's about 14 hours of baseball on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are y'all What are y'all thinking? Do you th- like? Is it going to be chalk, or do you think we're going to see more chaos with the different format? Because I feel like the three game series to start things off, like really, 
like heightens that anything can happen sort of idea that we always talk about in the playoffs. But if you get a great pitching performance from your game one starter, like then the other team has to win two games in a row. And that's pretty difficult to do. So I think we're going to see some craziness. I personally would love the Brewers to beat the Dodgers. I'm not confident in that, but that's the one that I'm like probably the most rooting for outside of Houston and Oakland losing. Um, So I guess my question, and we've written an article about this that you can check out on the site where we all kind of, pick two we think will win versus who we want to win in the first round series. Um, but I want to know what you guys are thinking about just the general state of playoff baseball in 2020 and what you think it's going to look like. Cause also there's no days off either. It's going to be a sprint to the finish. Do you want us to start with upsets? Cause I have an upset pick. Yeah. Hit me with your upset. My upset pick is the Marlins knocking off the Cubs because I think the Cubs have been mm, inconsistent and the Marlins seem to have some kind of weird devil magic that they're just this whole season, even though they had to play literally like a week's worth of their games with guys who had never played above a level ball. Uh, and somehow they, they, they hung on there tooth and nail. So go. And also I don't like the Cubs. So go Marlins. I think you're onto something, though. They do have that stench of, like, the team that just gets really hot at the right time, yeah. you know, like 07 Rockies, last year Nationals, like that sort of thing, where if you're playing well, like, that's probably more, maybe not more important, but as important as talent at this time of year. Like, how are you playing today is, like, the most important thing on the whole fucking system. And the Cubs feel like, I mean, their stars that's been well documented are not performing. Um, there's a lot of questions about whether who's going to be around uh, Chris Bryant said swears in an interview. I mean, the, the general vibe yeah. seems off there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris Bryant said, I don't give a shit about like what his contract Spicy looks like or what he's language. doing next year. I don't know what the context was, but I saw him say, it was about I don't criticism. give a shit. Yeah. He was, he was getting, people are getting, he's getting upset about people, uh, you know, criticizing him for perform performing poorly. Ah, John, what are your what are your thoughts on the playoffs? Do you have an upset or a team that you're hitching your wagon to? Well, it's I don't know that it's as bold. Uh, I, I do, and especially as I'm watching the White Sox up three nothing, but it would have been the White Sox over the A's, which I don't think is that wild of a call. Since uh, I still think that's kind of bold, weak. since the A's like trounce the AL West. It's true. Yeah, I mean, and the that, White Sox fell off hard towards the that's end. True. So I, um, I still think that's a hot take. Yeah, well, th- I mean, that is my call then. Um, I-, I love the fucking the debate about the A's saying, we're going to start our young lefty, Jesus Lazardo, who I adore. But And the White Sox being like, y'all are making a grievous error. We are death to lefties. Uh, and immediately showing hitting. 14-0 against left-handed starters, pitchers. Yeah. Yep, and a 3-0 lead through six. So, uh Looking, looking solid there. Um, beyond that, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it'll be. I think anything could happen. I would be pretty upset if the Dodgers lost to the Brewers. Not because, like, what? I, well, only because, like, I want to see the Dodgers play more. I would like to see the, Do- you know, I if the Dodgers make it deep and lose, that's fine. But like. I would be a little bit more upset if the team that won like 43 games in the 60 game season just got sort of like bounced in some weird, like ill-conceived, barely any advantage for being good in the regular season format. So that that's my only thing there. Um, 
and I, and I hope we get a little bit more of a like you get a buy or you get some sort of better you know reward for being really good in the regular season format going forward yeah that makes sense I think my ideal final four now that I'm looking at the bracket would be Tampa versus Minnesota for the AL and then the Padres versus the Braves because I'm completely smitten by Ronald Acuna when he hit that ball 495 feet and the camera couldn't even find it I was like this is my guy he's I'm I'm in for the rest of his career so and seeing him play Tatis would just be so much fun and I think I mentioned this too in my uh, in the postseason article we wrote but the Braves not having fans to do the tomahawk chop is going to be massive in terms of watchability because there's obviously like the racial connotations which are bad but just sonically it also sucks to listen to so I'm excited to not have to deal with any of that this year and just watch the Braves conflict free that is fantastic I might think that Cincinnati might have a chance if they can hang in there long enough to get to Atlanta's bullpen which is absolutely execrable like I think the only reason it didn't get more attention is because the Phillies bullpen in the same division was so much worse. I mean, like, literally... And there's always the Mets, baby. Oh, yeah, also that. I, I mean, that was just... The AL East was a disaster of bullpens. I couldn't believe that they didn't, like... Like, even the Pirates had some better bullpen guys than... Ugh, it was just a mess, a hot, hot mess, so... I mean, I would not put it past, uh, in the tradition of Atlanta teams the Braves going up big and then blowing it, blowing a 27-3 lead at the end uh, because of their bullpen. That is in play. You have to remember the the cities that each of these teams represent and the curses that come with them. So <laughs> that is a good important. point. I think you are, Cincinnati, though, does have, I mean, if you get Castillo-Bauer one and two, like you could just win that series right off the bat. Yeah. No, they're, they are nasty uh and i don't know if they have like a full enough team but it really like their pitching is outrageous and and sunny gray too like Joey sunny gray has been unbelievable too. oh yeah so yeah i know i'm psyched i'm psyched i am psyched to watch almost all of these games and like the shitty teams that made it in like are the brewers and the astros and i am psyched to root against the astros so uh all of it i am enthusiastic for uh yeah I like it from a, yeah, just give me all of the baseball at once. And I think this could also help me maybe come around on expanded playoffs. I think 12 is probably the sweet spot. I don't know if we need this format every single year, but it'll be fun. I'm just, like you said, I am psyched to watch it. And I hope that the rest of you all as well, because this was never a guarantee. So we made it to the playoffs. There will be a champion at some point. Someone will get the weird looking trophy in an empty stadium, but at least it's better than the alternative. So uh, enjoy it while we can, and then hopefully, as I've been saying all year, next season we'll be back to somewhat of a normal situation. But I think that's it. I have to go get my hair cut, uh, which is very exciting. One of the little treats of the pandemic, for sure. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you later. Hopefully we'll have some more guests. Uh, we're going to try to reach out to more high-profile, stunning, show-stopping <laughs> people to, uh, to grace these airwaves. But until then... Enjoy the postseason, y'all, and take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye. Bye.